Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned a homicide detail. You get a call telling you that the body of a man has been found in the motel room. There's no lead to his true identity. Your job? Check it out. Dragnet, the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law through an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. It was Tuesday, July 19th. It was hot in Los Angeles. We were working the night watch out of homicide detail. My partner's Frank Smith. The boss is Captain Warman. My name's Friday. I was on my way back from the main jail, and it was 5.27 p.m. when I got to room 42. Homicide. Hi, how'd it go? He's willing to make a statement. He copped the whole thing. That's going to save us some time. Yeah. Could have saved a lot more if he'd gone with us last week, though. Yeah. What do you got? Paperwork. Want to give me a hand? Yeah. Here. Okay. How's the family? Mm, pretty good. Faye thinks she's got a appendicitis. Hmm? Faye thinks she has a appendicitis. Woke me up at 2.30 this morning. Got a pain in her side. Sure it was appendicitis. Yes. Yeah. I told her to call a doctor. No, she didn't think it was that bad. Ooh. Not to call a doctor. Just enough to keep me awake worrying about it. Mm. This morning, the whole thing's gone, though. No trouble. Says it's probably heartburn. Why don't you give her a couple of your Pepto pals? Oh, Joe, that's very funny. Mm hmm. Funny. Homicide fighting. Yeah, that's right. Mm hmm. What's that? What's that address? No, I will be right out. No, no, not anything. Right. Goodbye. Work? Work. Made at a motel out in Sepulveda, found a body in one of the cabins. Yeah. Thinks it's a suicide. Frank and I left the office and drove out to the address. It was a modern motel set back from the highway. There were 14 cabins surrounding a swimming pool on the lot. We met with a woman who had placed the call and the owner of the place. Right over there, number eight. Anything mm. been touched in the room? No, sir. As soon as I saw him, I knew what had happened. I locked the door and called you. Right. What's his name? Registered as Tom Rustad in Phoenix. How long has he been here? About ten days. I'd have to check the card to be sure. Be alone? Mm-hmm. Here, I got the key. Go ahead. Thank you. Thanks. You touched the body at all? No, I should say not. Mm-hmm. I've worked around motels for a long time, yet and so nothing bothers me. Tell you, though, this almost did like to scare me half to death. Yes, ma'am. Better call a lab, ask him to come out. Huh? Yeah. Be all right if I use the phone in the office? Well, sure, you go right ahead. It's on the desk, back of the counter. All right. Thing like this. It isn't going to do the place any good. I hope it can be played down in the papers. Yes, sir. This is the first kind of trouble we've had. Suicide. 
sure isn't going to help. I wish there was some way to change it. Well, there is, but that wouldn't help much either. What do you mean? He's dead, isn't he? Yeah, but he had help. Six oh three p.m. The crew from the crime lab arrived and started their investigation. Apparently, the victim had been killed with a small caliber gun. However, a search of the room failed to turn it up. The coroner's office was notified. They came out to check the body and go through his effects. Six eighteen p.m. Frank and I talked with the motel owner in his cabin. Now, here's the registration card. You can see there where he signed it. Mm-hmm. Were you driving a car, do you know? Oh, I never saw one. Well, how'd he get here? You mean when he checked in? Yeah. By cab. Right. I'll tell you why he was in town. No, he never mentioned it. Did he work? I don't know. When he checked in, did he say how long he'd be staying? No, he said it might be a week, ten days. How about visitors? Do you have any? I didn't see any. What about phone calls? Yeah, he made some. Do you have a record of them? No. Usually we do. All the calls go through the board, but he used the phone booth outside. I see. A couple times I was out by the pool at night, you know. Yes. I'd be out there and I'd see him in the booth. A couple of times he talked for quite a while. But you haven't got any idea who he was calling? No. Dime called though. What's that? Cost him a dime. I heard the bell ring when he dropped the money. Well, they all do. You got any mail? No. He paid for his room in advance? Yeah, the first time he gave me the money for a week. And just a few days ago, he paid for another week. How'd he pay it? What do you mean? Well, by check or cash. Oh, cash. What size bill, do you remember? I never saw him use anything smaller than a 50. Mm-hmm. Sure seemed to have a lot of them. Just maybe a couple thousand dollars. Said he always carry that kind of money with him? Well, I wouldn't know about that. Mm-hmm. I guess he must have kept something smaller, though. Isn't everybody can change a 50? Not everybody. You gonna let his people know? What's that? Well, he must have some people over in Phoenix. They should know about him being dead. Yeah. Sure don't feel it's my place to tell him. No, sir. We'll take care of it. Okay. Gonna be a shock to him. A guy his age. Probably got a wife and family. Not gonna do him any good. No, it works both ways, doesn't it? Hmm? Didn't do much for him. In going over the place, the crime lab found the room had been ransacked. Although none of the possessions of the victim had been taken, there was no money in the room and no personal identification could be found. The place was gone over for fingerprints. Several clean sets were lifted, but they belonged to the dead man. No other usable physical evidence was recovered. The coroner's office checked through the victim's luggage. In one of the suitcases, they found an unstamped letter addressed to a June Russell in Reno, Nevada. Its contents explained that the victim expected to be in that city at the end of the month. There was no way of establishing a relationship between the two people. The coroner sealed the motel room, and Frank and I returned to the office. We sent a radiogram to the authorities in Phoenix asking for all information on Tom Rustad. The following morning, Wednesday, June 20th, we got their answer. There it is, Joe. Phoenix? Yeah, take a look. Yeah, boy. It's going to make it rougher. Yeah. I never heard of him. In the hope of getting an identification of the victim, his fingerprint classification and description was sent to George Breton up at CII Sacramento, FBI headquarters in Washington, and to the police departments in the seven western states. A close check of his clothing revealed that Tom Rustad's suits were tailor-made and had been made in Reno. We contacted the authorities there and asked them to check on the tailor shops in the area. We also asked that they check out the woman Rustad had written to. 
While we waited for the answer, we contacted the cab company that had serviced the area around the motel. We asked them to go over their way bills and report all trips from the motel and all trips to the address. Two hours later, we got the list and started to check out the drivers. Sure, I remember the guy. A couple more like him, I could buy my own cab company. What do you mean? He's a big tipper. Never had anything less than a half a sawbuck. Mm-hmm. Down at the stand, you got to be a real battle. Who's going to pick him up? You know, the loop. Yeah. Where do you usually take him? Well, different places, restaurants, shows, different places. Did he ever tell you what he was doing in town? Well, we'd talk. You know, a long drive downtown, you're kind of dull. A couple of times he rode in the front seat with me. Guess maybe the company wouldn't like it, but that's the way he wanted it. Mm-hmm. What'd you talk about? Weather, fishing, lots of things. Yeah. Mostly about girls, though. He thought he was quite a ladies' man. Well, he dressed all that money he should have been. You ever see any of his friends? Listen, how come you're asking all these questions? It's a police matter. Uh, I knew that when I got the word from the front office. They told me to ride with you all the way. Well, what's the beef? You have to roost after something? Investigation. Oh. Uh-huh. Now what about his friends? Well, she wouldn't want him to find out. Blow the whole deal. Probably wouldn't call me anymore. What's that? My ship. Who? I don't know her last name. Some bimbo roost that now. Ever meet her? Not swamp. What's that mean? Why, she was in the cab. You know, I'd pick him up here, drive over to her place, and take the two of them down to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So, real beaut was a tall, blonde, gorgeous. Bruce Dad was pretty friendly with her, was he? Yeah, I guess so. The way he talked, he liked her a lot. You got her address? Yeah, I suppose. Huh? Well, you guys roused it's going to lead right back to me. Cause a lot of trouble. Tell you, he's a funny guy. Talk about a lot of things, but you don't like to have you ask questions, especially about him. Yeah. Got real touchy when I talk about where he was from, what he did for a living. Yeah. That's why it's important you don't get me in trouble with him. I can use those tips. Well, don't count on them anymore. Huh? They won't be coming. We got the address of the woman the driver knew as Marcia. We called the office to check on the wires we'd sent. There'd been no answer to any of them. 1.30 p.m., we drove over to see the woman place was a new apartment building on Wilshire Boulevard. On the mailbox, we found the name Marsha Lovequist and the information that she occupied apartment 14. We went up and rang the bell. Well, it doesn't look like she's home. Yeah. Let's check with the manager. All right. Sure pretty cool, isn't it, Joe? Yeah. You know, you ought to get a place out here. It'd be great for you. It would, huh? Sure. Nice apartment, pool, get some sun. Yeah, I got a lot of time for that. Well, once in a while, it wouldn't cost so much. Mm-hmm. Be nice. Me and Faith come over and see you and bring the kids. You bet. Well, you wouldn't want to be a hog about the pool, would you? Not me, Faith. You feel that way, just forget the whole thing. Mm, that's what I was planning. You just forget it. Here's the manager. Can I help you? Wonder if you could tell us where you can find Miss Lovequist. Marcy? Yes, that's right. Oh, saw a few minutes ago. Oh, yes, there she is over by the pool. See, with the straw hat. Oh, yeah. Thanks very much. Sure. Thank you, ma'am. Miss Lovequist? Yes? The police officers like to ask you a few questions. Policeman? I don't know what I could tell you, but go ahead. Start if we sit down? Sure. Fill up a couple of stools. Thank you. Thank you. I'll go. Thank you. This is Frank Smith. My name's Friday. How do you do? That's fine. Now, what do you want to see me about? You know a man named Roosted? Yeah, why? Looking tell us about him. In trouble? No, we're just checking. Oh. Well, what do you want to know? You know where he's from? Me at hometown? That's right. Well, someplace up north. I don't think he ever said. How'd you happen to meet him? 
cocktail party, hotel downtown. It was a convention. My agent got me a job as a hostess. Mm-hmm. I'm a model. Do some work in TV. And get a little rock to take what you can get. Yeah. And Tom was there, and we got to talking. Went out to dinner. So I'm quite a bit after that. Did he tell you what he did for a living? No, I don't think so. That was a nice thing. Talked like one. What about this convention? Hmm? You know what it was for? Oh, spend it. But he didn't have anything to do with that. He was just there. Oh. Told me he was sitting at the bar, and one of the guys asked him to come up and have a couple of drinks. That's all. He wasn't a dentist, though. I see. Do you have any friends here in town, would you know? Yeah, I don't. Listen, why don't you ask him? He'd go along with you. Nice guy. He'd be able to answer these questions a lot better than me. Well, we're checking everybody who knew him. Oh, I see. Well, nice guy. Had a lot of fun. When did you see him last, man? Stayed for yesterday. We had dinner, took a drive. He came by for a nightcap, and then he called a cab and went home. Did you hear from him yesterday? No. Didn't really expect to. Why? Well, you see, we had kind of a fight. Nothing serious. I didn't figure I'd hear from him until maybe today, you know, until we both got over the mad. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what the argument was about? Well, all the same to you, I'd rather not. It's pretty important that we know. Well, I guess you can't do any harm. He was just getting too serious, that's all. Yeah? Too serious. Told him I had to go out of town on a modeling job. Santa Barbara would be gone a couple of days and got real mad. Said he didn't want me running around like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Real possessive. I told him he didn't have any right to tell me what to do, that we weren't married, you know? Yeah. Well, mad got loud. Him telling me I wasn't going to Santa Barbara and me saying he couldn't stop me. He finally called the camp and went home. What time was that? Well, I guess about 3.30. Might have been 4, no later. All right, thank you very much. If you should think of anything else, we'd appreciate a call. Sure. Leave you one of our cards. Mm-hmm. Ask for either one of you? Yes, ma'am. Hey, I'll tell you who you ought to talk to. Who's that? Well, you ought to see him anyway. I haven't heard anything, but Tom might have gone over there. Who? This photographer I was going to Santa Barbara with. Tom might have gone over to see him. Can you give us his address? Yeah, I've got it up there. Did Roostad know this photographer? Well, I'd never met. He knew about him, though. Yeah. That's why I might be able to tell you something. Ma'am? Well, Tom thought there was something between us, this other fellow and me. Of course, I told him it was silly. It didn't make any difference, though. Real jealous, possessive. Uh-huh. Said him and the other fellow were going to tangle someday. I hope not. Why? I know the other guy. Yeah. He'd kill Tom. We got the name and address of the photographer, and then we drove back to the city hall. We made a check through R&I, but we found no record on him. 3.06 p.m. Well, looks like we might have a lead. Yeah, I hope it turns out, don't you? Mm-hmm. Homicide Friday. Yeah. Yeah, Jack. No, we've been waiting for it. Can you give it to me over the phone? We'll pick up the copy later. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Come on. How do you spell that? R-O-S-S-E-L-L-E. Yeah. All right. As soon as it comes in. Yeah, we'd appreciate a call on it. Right. Okay. Jack Ricketts down in communications. Yeah? Got a teletype from Reno. About Roostad? Yeah. They got a record on him. Real name Thomas Roselle. That's the name on the letter. Yeah, they ran it down. Well, they got him. Been arrested for bunco, grand theft money, forgery. Haven't been able to make any of them stick. Mm-hmm. From what they say, a couple of months ago, he went into a new line. They figure that's what he's pitching now. What's that? Narcotics. What about this Rosell woman? She your sister? No, his wife. Huh? Married, got three kids. Her up there, and this Marshall woman here, and he's swinging real wide. Well, yeah. they come up with anything more? 
Possible motive, maybe. Yeah. When Roselle left town, they got a rumble he was coming down here on business. Uh-huh. Had 12 ounces of heroin to peddle. We put in a call to narcotics division and talked to Captain Walter. He told us they didn't have anything on Roselle, but they'd heard about a new supply of high-grade heroin being moved into town. We told him what we'd found, and then we drove out to talk to the photographer the victim's girlfriend had mentioned. Well, I'm sorry, fellas. I haven't got any idea what you're talking about. Have you seen Tom Roostad or Roselle? Sure, I didn't say I hadn't. But I didn't have anything to do with killing him. How'd you know he was dead? It's all over the afternoon papers. Don't you boys read your own publicity? When did you see him? Roostad? Yeah. Night before life. Monday? Yeah, I guess so. Really, Tuesday morning. What time? Well, about 4.15. Yeah, that's it. It 4.15, I remember, because he woke me up. I looked at the clock. What do you want? Oh, he had some wild idea. There was something going between me and Marcia. Was it? Well, I don't see if that's any of your business, but it doesn't matter to me, so I'll tell you. No, that wasn't. Mm-hmm. He's a model. I'm a photographer. She worked for me. I paid her 25 bucks an hour. That's all there was. Yeah. I ain't going to tell you it wouldn't have been nice, but it just didn't happen. I don't believe in romance around the office. doesn't do anything that cause trouble. Yeah. What happened when Roostad came in? Oh, made a lot of accusations. I told him they weren't true. Said he had a filthy mind. Told him to get out. Did he go? No, I tried a little muscle. I belted him a couple of times, and that ended it. Mm-hmm. Poured him a drink to show him there weren't any hard feelings, and a couple more. Yeah. Picked it around a while, and then he left. What did he talk about? Look, am I a suspect? Is that we on my back? We're talking to everybody who knew him. Well, you crossed my name off the list. I belted him. That's all. I didn't shoot him. All right. Did he call a cab from here when he left? No, I was going to, and he decided to walk. Did you see him leave? Certainly. I locked the door after. Yeah. Watched him walk outside from the window there. Must have changed his mind about the cab, though. What? Cab. He must have changed his mind. I thought you said he didn't take one. I said he didn't call one. A cruiser picked him up. They drove off. You didn't get the number of the cab, did you? Look, a guy woke me up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Came in here, wanted to start a beef. I finally got rid of him. I'm a nine-to-six boy. I haven't got time to stand around windows and get cab numbers for you cops. I went back to sleep. All right, Nestle, anything comes up, give us a call, will you? Yeah, sure. Take this card, will you? Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I'm sorry if I sounded off, just that I don't want to get mixed up in it. You can understand that, can't you? Sure. No hard feelings, eh? No. I'll be honest with you, I didn't like Roostad. I didn't like him an inch, but I didn't hate him. Not enough to kill him. Somebody did. <laughs> contacted the cab company again and asked them to check the waybills from Nestler's address. They came up with one trip on Tuesday morning. The dispatcher gave us the driver's name and told us where we could find him. Yeah, I remember the guy. Looked like he had a beef with somebody, you know, real cut up. Mm-hmm. Where'd you take him? I think, uh, it was a hotel downtown. Remember the name? I dropped him off at the corner of Margot. He went into a hotel there. See, you know. The Rolling Arms, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, that's the place. All right, thanks a lot. I'm glad to help out. Say, this fellow, he the same one who was killed yesterday? That's right. Well, I sure seen a lot of him. Newspapers, television, a lot of him. <laughs> Always works that way, don't it? What do you mean? After you're dead, you're famous. Mm-hmm. When it's too late to enjoy it. Frank and I drove down to the Roland Arms Hotel. We talked with a clerk who had been on duty Tuesday morning. He remembered a man answering the victim's description and told us he'd inquired about a guest named Wallace Olney. 
Because of Ruth's dad's insistence, the clerk had put through a call to Alney, and the guest said to let the victim come upstairs. He went on to say that about 30 minutes later, both men had left the hotel together. 9.40 p.m., we went up to Wallace Alney's room. Here it is, John. Yeah, just a minute. Yeah? Wallace Alley? That's right. Police officer, like to talk to you. Sure, come on in. This is Frank Smith. My name's Friday. Hi. Hi, sir. That's all right. Like a drink? I'm just going to fix myself one. No, thanks. Always like a drink before dinner. Sharpens up the old appetite. Yeah. Mind if we look around? No, go ahead. You look for anything special? I might be able to help. No, it's all right. Well, closet. Well, maybe you better tell me what this is all about, huh? You know a man named Tom Roos, Dad? Or Roselle? Why? You know him? Yeah, I met him. I'm playing Joe. I don't know that's closet. Now, what about Roos, Dad? When did you see him last? I don't know, a few days ago. Want to pin it down for us? Uh, Monday. Yeah, Monday. That's the last time you saw him? Yeah, we had a couple of drinks in the bar at the corner. I haven't seen him since. We got two people who say you did. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk to them. Leave me alone. You ever been arrested? Why? Have you? Yeah. What be? Uh, I don't think I'm going to answer that. You don't have to. We'll find out. Narco. Where are you from? All around. Name of city. Frisco, Vegas, Casey, all around. How about Reno? Yeah, I've been through. Uh, where you met Roostad? Look, uh... What do you guys ask? You got the answer to that. Why not save some time? <laughs> I got a lot of time. So we. Well, let's be honest with each other, huh? Go ahead. Why don't you guys lay out what you got, and I'll tell you how close you are. That'd be kind of silly, wouldn't it? Why? Like playing checkers with yourself. Nothing I can do, then. How about the closet? Look, you make a pinch, I got no choice. If you're wrong, I'll own City Hall. I don't think we are. And be my guest. All right, you're under arrest. Charge? Suspicion of murder. I'll check the closet. Save it in trouble. Hmm? I killed him. A search of the closet turned up a driver's license and other identification for Thomas Roselle. They also found a 25 caliber gun, $2,700 in cash, and a quantity of heroin. The suspect was taken to City Hall for questioning. We ran his name through R&I and found that he had several arrests in the state of California for violation of the State Narcotics Act. 12.16 a.m. We got the full story. We were in business up north. Reno? Yeah, we made a lucky buy. Came down here to sell it. I gave him some connections where he could dump it. Go ahead. Been down here a couple days. He sent a wire telling me the merchandise wasn't moving. I knew it was a lie. Right away I knew it. Good stuff like that. It had to be a market. Mm. Then I got the word. What do you mean? Well, a friend of mine, he called, told me about Tom and this Marsha doll, how they were running around. Yeah. This guy told me Tom was going great with the eight, said he dropped about seven grand of it already. Sure, as soon as I heard that, I got on my horse, made it down here. What happened? Couldn't find out where he was staying, didn't have a trace. What about the motel? Well, I didn't know about that. As far as I knew, he was supposed to be here, and that's the way we arranged it. Yeah. I sent out word I wanted to see him for him to get in touch right away. Mm-hmm. He did. Tried to give me the same line about how he couldn't sell. There wasn't a market for it. I told him we'd better call the whole deal off. Just give me the stuff back, we call the whole deal off. Yeah. Took some talk, and then we headed for his place. That's the motel. Yeah. How'd you get there? My car. What happened then? Oh, when I saw how much he had left, I told him he was lying. I called him a dirty thief, and we had a fight. I shot him. All right, you willing to give us a statement? Sure, why not? I'll get the snug. Uh-huh. 
his wife know yet? I guess so. That's too bad. I know her. She's a real nice kid. She's really in love with that town. Guess she took it pretty hard. I wouldn't know. Oh, knowing her, she would. Nice kid like that, and he's running around with another broad. Boy, he was a real bum. The way she loved him and doing a thing like that to her. Why don't you take another look? What? What'd you do to her? The story you've just heard is true. The names were changed to protect the innocent. On November 19th, trial was held in Department 99, Superior Court of the State of California in and for the County of Los Angeles. In a moment, the results of that trial. Wallace Hamilton Olney was tried and convicted of murder in the second degree and received sentence as prescribed by law. Murder in the second degree is punishable by imprisonment for a period of from five years to life in the state penitentiary. Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the office of Chief of Police W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department. Technical advisors, Captain Jack Donahoe, Sergeant Marty Wynn, Sergeant Vance Frazier. Heard tonight were Ben Alexander, Dick Perrin, Helen Cleave, Lillian Bias, Stacey Harris. Script by John Robinson. Music by Walter Schumann. Hal Gibney speaking. Watch an entirely different Dragnet case history each week on your local NBC television station. Please check your newspapers for the day and time. Chesterfield has brought you Dragnet, transcribed from Los Angeles. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned a narcotics detail. You get a tip that a man is peddling heroin at his place of residence. He's a known user. Your job? Check it out. documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law through an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. It was Tuesday, September 6th. It was hot in Los Angeles. We were working the night watch out of narcotics detail. My partner's Frank Smith. The boss is Captain Walter. My name's Friday. We're on our way out from the office, and it was 9.33 p.m. when we got to the corner of 8th and Temple. Converted garage. Is that the right address? Yeah, I want you to swing around here at the corner. We can park across the street up there. Okay. Yeah, right up here will do. All right. Sure isn't much of a house. Looks more like a store or something. Yeah. You sure that's where he's living, Joe? Yeah, Nicky says the place used to be a garage. Oh? fellow who ran it went broke. Turned it into living quarters. I see. How long has Denson been staying here? About six months. Alone? No, he's got his family with him. Wife, two or three kids. All right. Now, what do you think? Should we tap him now? 
Let's give it a couple of minutes, see if he's drawn any customers. Okay. Is this Nicky sure about all this? Yeah, he says he is. Says Denson's loaded for action, 30 or 40 cap. Just got him tonight, huh? Yeah. Nicky know who he got him from? If he does, he wouldn't tell me. Joe. Hmm? Front door. Yeah. Must be the wife. Wonder who she's looking for. I don't see anybody. I guess she doesn't either. Well, well, that might make it a little easier for her. What do you mean? She left the door open. Approximately 45 minutes earlier, we'd received a telephone call from an informant named Nicky Corbin. Corbin had reported that Slim Denson, a known narcotics user who lived at the corner of Temple and Eights, had some 30 or 40 caps of heroin in his possession. Corbin said Denson was getting ready to push the stuff. Frank and I waited across the street from the Denson residence for 26 minutes. During that time, no one came in or out of the house, but the front door remained open. 9.59 p.m., a young man turned the corner and headed into the converted garage. Five minutes later, he reappeared and started down the street. Should we talk to him? Yeah. Wait a minute, Frank. Huh? I guess he forgot something. Yeah. Going back inside. Well, let's give him some company. The man re-entered the Denson residence. As soon as he disappeared through the front door, I moved in after him. At the same time, Frank went around to the rear of the building. The garage had been crudely partitioned into rooms, and the front area contained an overstuffed sofa, a dining room table, and chairs, and a TV set. In addition to the young man who had gone in ahead of me, there were two other people in the room. The woman who had previously appeared in the doorway and a sallow-faced middle-aged man. Now, hold on, Mr. Where do you think Police you're officer, going? you're under arrest. Police? That's right. Don't move any of you. It's a fine time for you to be showing up. You ought to be ashamed. How's that? Three hours ago. That's when you should have been here. That's when we needed you. Oh, now, take it easy, Alice. Don't start raising no snakes. Little girl only seven years old running around the city like this. Lord knows what could have happened to her. You call a copy. Don't even show up till three hours later. I told you. Hold your mouth. Else is my baby. I was half out of my mind when she didn't come home from school. No thanks to you that she got home at all. I don't know what you're talking about, lady. Elsie, that's what I'm talking about, my baby. Yeah. Anybody else around, Frank? Yeah, a couple of youngsters sleeping in one of the back rooms. That's it. All right. Now move over to that wall. Go on, move. Never heard of such a thing. Little girl gets lost on the way home from school. You send for a policeman that treats you like you was You better dead. get it straight, lady. You're under arrest. All of you. It hasn't got anything to do with your daughter. Arrest? Hey, but you, you can't arrest me. I ain't done anything. Is that so? you got to have a reason for picking somebody up. A good reason. Suspicion of violation of the State Narcotics Act. Is that good enough? What? Come on, over against the wall. Come on, move. I'll check them, Joe. Well, I see you sure are making a mistake. Yeah, we always do. Well, it's any mistake. You're plumb out of your mind. That's what you are. Sure. I called you on account of Elsie. On account of she got lost. Yeah, all right, they're clean. Uh, That's why we wanted you. Help us find her. Didn't have nothing to do with no narcotics. If your daughter was missing and you reported it, you'd have had plenty of help. Of course we reported it three hours ago. That's when you called them, Slim. Huh? When you went down to the drugstore, you said you was going to use the phone. Oh. Well, you called them, didn't you? I guess maybe I forgot. Forgot? Your own flesh and blood? Your own baby? What's the difference? She's home, ain't you? A lot of difference. You give me your word. Now, look, call. look, look. You found your little girl. you got something else to worry about now. I sure don't know what you're aiming at, mister. You don't, huh? Neither, neither do I. You, you're accusing me of having something to do with narcotics, and I ain't never been mixed up with dope. I, I never even touched the stuff, not once. Well, then we'll start with you. Well, go right ahead. I ain't got nothing to hide. What's your name? Boston, Jerry Boston. How old are you? 23. You live around here? Down the street, four houses east. What do you do for a living, Jerry? I work in a southern station over on Pico. You married? Yeah. You got any kids? No, not yet. We're expecting one next month. Mm-hmm. 
Where do you think you're going? I just wanted to see if the youngsters are still safe. Stay right here. They'll be all right. Well, you're only talking to Jerry. I don't know why. We'll get around to you soon enough. Now, why don't you sit down and take it easy, lady? Better do like she says, huh? Bullying a person in our own home. Why'd you come over here tonight, Jerry? I heard about Elsie that she was missing. I wanted to find out they found her. You came in, you went out, and then you came back in again. Is that it? Yeah, that's right. Well? Well, Kitty wanted me to ask Mrs. Denson here something. Kitty's my wife. Yeah. Forgot when I was here first, so I had to come back. What was it your wife wanted to find out? Come on, Jerry. Oh, wasn't nothing important, just just something about when you're having a baby. Uh-huh. You want to step over here now, Jerry? Huh? Over here, please. Side the table. Sure. All right, empty your pockets, will you? Yes, sir. Take everything out. All right. That's it. All right, I'll turn the pockets inside out. How much money you got there, Jerry? Twenty, twenty-five bucks. You always pay that much cash, too? Well, I got paid today. Mm-hmm. Okay, son, roll up your sleeves. Do what? Your sleeves. Come on, roll them up. All right. A little high. Okay. Okay, roll them back down. You and the dancers pretty good friends, right? Well, we're neighbors. Mm-hmm. How long you know each other? Four or five months, I guess. However long they've been living here. Hey, what the heck are you doing with that lamp? Why is the light bother you? It's kind of bright when you're looking right into it. Okay, Jerry, put stuff back in your pocket. Now take a seat someplace. Hey, wait a minute. You mean i got to stay here? For the time being, yeah. Well, look, Kitty will be worried. I only thought I was going to be gone a couple of minutes. The idea of putting a nice young fellow like Jerry through all this foolishness. Well, let's see how well you do it now, Denson. Huh? Come on, over here. You already been wrong once, haven't you? Maybe. No sense carrying on like this. No sense at all. Now, why don't you fellas just admit you made a mistake and go on your way? Over here. Come on, quit stalling, will you? Move. <clears throat> now, go ahead. You empty your pocket. Is that all of it? You got every little do that. Turn them inside out. Whatever you say. What do you do for a living? Well, at the moment, I'm sort of looking around, you might say. Yeah, I bet you are. You got a family, Denson. How are you feeding them? Oh, we manage. We manage pretty good. How? Don't you worry none about my children. They ain't going hungry as long as I can work. You live off your wife, do you? Now, I ain't no way to put it at all. She's just helping out while I'm having a rough spell. All right, Denson, roll up your sleeves, will you? Come on, get them up, will you? Hmm. <clears throat> here. I must have scratched myself the other day. You know, I was doing some carpenter work. How long have you been a height fella? Afraid I don't know what you mean. Quit wasting our time, Denson. Now, how long? Well, I reckon ain't no point in lying to you, gentlemen. Fact of the matter is, I did do a little chipping once in a while when I was young. Mm-hmm. Of course, that was some years Those ago. Those marks haven't even started scarring yet. Hmm? And from the looks of them, you're building up to a big batch of infections there. Must be them scratches I was telling you about. All right, Denson, where is it? Huh? The stuff, where'd you stash it? Come on, Denson. We know you got 30 caps. We're going to find it anyway, so I hold out. 30 caps? A guy like me couldn't afford that much stuff. Now, you ought to have more sense. What'd you do, give it to your wife? You ought to say a thing like that. Well, even if I did have a little H, I sure wouldn't want her to get involved. Last person in the world. 
Now, you can say whatever you got a mind to where I'm concerned. Now, you just leave her out of this. You're pretty anxious to go into the bedroom a little while ago, Mrs. Denson. I told you leave her out. Now, if you won't do what I tell Take you... Take it easy, Denson. It don't matter what happens to me. You can lock me up, give me the gas chamber. It don't matter, but my wife, she's a fine woman. I won't have you attacking her reputation. You can throw me in jail if you want to. Stand me up in front of a firing squad. Hey, come on, Denson. But there's no come reason on. to drag her in, too. Now. Sit down. She ain't done nothing. No reason to drag her in. How about it, Miss Denson? I just don't know what you're looking for, mister. I swear I don't. Well, either you've still got it on you, or you've got it in the bedroom. Which is it? Well, you're not giving us any choice. Guess you better put in a call to the office, Frank. Yeah. Ask them they'll send a team over to take this joint apart. Right. Tell them we're bringing in a couple of suspects. See if they can get a policewoman to stand by so there'll be somebody to search Mrs. Denson when we get there. All right. Matt, you just wait a minute, mister. Can't arrest us. Not both Slim and me. Is that right? What about my youngsters? I won't leave them here alone. Can you get somebody to stay with them? Well, I guess Josie will be home before too Who's long. Who's Josie? Our oldest girl. Where is she now? Went to the movies with with her boyfriend. She's full grown, almost 19. How soon do you expect her back? I don't know for sure. Pretty soon, hour maybe. Uh-uh. We can't wait that long. Looks like we'll have to take the kids in, too. All right, Joe, I'll tell them downtown. Yeah, that's Slim. You hear what they're saying? Yeah. You just gonna sit there? You gonna let them drag our youngsters out of bed in the middle of the night? Isn't there a thing I can do, huh? I tried to tell them. You heard me try. I'm not gonna have my kids in jail. Not for you. Not for nobody. It ain't right to get a man through his family, mister. Yeah. I told you before. Don't make no difference what becomes of me. You can send me away. You can put me in prison the rest of my life. You can give me the gas chamber. Oh, good. You're all through now. <sighs> you see, hon, I try. Want to go ahead with the call, Frank? Yeah. Probably take five or ten minutes to get the kids dressed, then we'll shove off. All right. I ain't going to stand for it, Slim. I warned you. Those kids ain't going to jail on account of you. Alice. He asked me to hide it when we heard Jerry Boston coming up the block. Well? I put it inside my dress. All right, if I turn around. Yeah. I reckon this is what you want. You know better than this, Miss Benson. What? There's no H in here. This is just his layout. It's, it's what he gave You're married to a guy who's been hooked for a long time. You've got a pretty good idea what this stuff looks like. We're not going to waste any more time here. Either you give us the caps or you go downtown. All four of it. I'll get them for you. You just tell us where they are. Don't listen to them, Alice, honey. Don't listen. Bedroom. Which one? Where the kids are sleeping. Go on. Under the pillow. Under Elsie's pillow, that's where he put it. See the youngest? Yes, sir. I'd appreciate it if you'd try not to wake her. She did a lot of wandering around when she's lost. She's all tuckered out. Yeah. I had to tell him, Slim. I had to. It sure was a lousy trick, mister. What's that? Holding them youngsters over her head, making a fret about them just so you could break her down. Mm-hmm. Real lousy. You ain't got no kids your own, have you? No. Nope. Oh, that's how I had it figured, the way you talked, Alice, the way you kept on her. Parent wouldn't act that way. Mm-hmm. Never in a million years. Not a real parent, that is. Well, there's just one thing that I don't understand here, Denson. What's that? How would you know? children's bedroom, Frank found an envelope which contained 32 caps of heroin. Denson admitted that the H belonged to him, but he refused to tell us where he'd acquired it. Jerry Boston denied any knowledge of the drug. 
We made arrangements for the two Danson children to be placed under protective custody of the juvenile division. 10.42 p.m., we took the Dansons and Jerry Boston down to the Narcotics Bureau for further questioning. Our investigation revealed that Boston was not implicated in the case, and he was released. 11.17 p.m., while Frank interrogated the Denson woman, I talked to her husband in the adjoining room. Oh, I never saw the like. You sure are hard to satisfy, mister. I told you this stuff was mine. Now, what more do you want? It just doesn't add up, Denson. I don't see why not. Well, you called it back at your place. What's me? Well, where would a hype like you get enough money to buy 32 caps? Well, I had me a little extra put away. Price was right, so I made a buy. Oh, now, don't give me your hand. You're scratching just to keep even with your habit. I'll bet you hook. Now, we've seen the marks on your arm. You want me to guess? Three caps a day. That about it? <sighs> All right, Denson. Who's the stuff belong to? Look, fella, you're dead. We can make you on possession, maybe even on sale. Sale? <laughs> you must be off your rocket. You know I never sold none of them. Sorry, we got you already to start pushing. For all we know, you started. Anybody told you that? He's a liar. Mm-hmm. I ain't no pusher, never have been. Then what are you doing with 32 caps? I keep telling you, mister, they were cheap. How cheap? Five bucks a cap. That's mighty reasonable for them these days. 165 bucks isn't reasonable. You never saw that much money. All right, who'd you buy them from? Ooh, wouldn't be nobody you know. Why don't you try me? I don't know myself. Uh Uh-huh. Ain't from L.A. Yeah. I met them last week, took a trip down south across the border. Oh, sure you did. That's how come I made me such a good buy. You bet. Now, you listen, Denson. We didn't drop in on you tonight just because we were in the neighborhood. That's so. We wouldn't have been there if we didn't have information. You know that as well as I do. Well? Our info is that you just got those caps tonight. Well, I tell you, somebody sure has been spreading a lot of wild stories about me. They've been on the nose so far. Where are you spending your time these days? I reckon we covered that before. Well, I reckon we'll try it again. <laughs> I stayed at home mostly. Were you home yesterday? Sure was. Day before? Yeah, as far as I can remember. A real homebody, aren't you? Figure ought to stick pretty close, seems how the wife's working. Well, that's sure considerate of you. When was the last time you were downtown? Whereabouts downtown? Maine, Alameda, anywhere in there. Afraid I just don't recall. Last week, maybe? Oh, no, it wouldn't have been last week. I wasn't feeling rightly. Didn't go no place last week. Then how'd you get to Mexico? Guess my memory ain't as good as it used to be. Reckon I'm kind of mixed up. You sure are. All right, in here, thing. Sit right over there. Now, now, honey, you take it easy. They can't do nothing to you. She knew where the stuff was. That ties her right into possession. Told you where to find it, or else do you won't. Who do the caps belong to, Mrs. Denson? This land. They belong to him. Where'd he get them? I don't know. Honest, I don't. Did you have any visitors tonight besides Jerry Boston? Well, come on. I can't think of nobody. Slim, you've got to do something. You've got to get me out of here. There's a single solitary thing I can do. I want to know what's happened to my kids. All right, take it easy, lady. They're in good hands. I want to know. They ain't never been away from me, not since they was born. They'll be all upset if I'm not there. Can't you understand how I feel? Yes, we can. My fault, anyway. It's all my fault. No, no, honey. You oughtn't talk like that. Well, it is. I should have left you, Slim. I should have left you ten years ago when you first started digging dope. We wouldn't have had the other two kids. It'd just be Josie. Bad enough. What's happened to her? Yeah. You start worrying about Josie. It's time somebody worried about her, ain't it? Going out with a married man. Wasn't for you and your dirty, filthy dope. She'd never have met him. Alice, I'm telling you, shut up. That's enough out of you, Denson. Oh, sure. 
He can't do no wrong as far as you're concerned. God give you a free bindle. That makes him a fine fella, don't it? Fit company for your daughter. Who are you talking about, Miss Denson? Perk Helvey. That's who. He's the one to give Slim them caps. He's the one. Going out with Josie. First thing you know, she'll be on the stuff, too, just like a father. Is who she's with tonight? Tell tonight. Me. Last night. Every night. I talked to her. I talked to her till I was blue in the face. Just like a father. That's what she is. Just like him. You know where they went? They said to the movies. No reason to believe them, though. You could have given us all this, Benson. Well, they wore my caps. I was just keeping them for Perk. Till he brought Josie home tonight. Boy, he finds out what's happened. He's sure going to blow his back. Yeah. Guess maybe I got to shooting off my mouth too much. About having them 32 caps. Made me feel like a big man. Never had that much stuff for him my whole life. Told some of the other boys it was mine. Just shows you how you can get in trouble from a little exaggerating. Yeah. Only had them caps a couple hours before you fellas showed up. A couple of hours. That's all it took. Look at this here mess on me. No, it took you a little longer than that, Benson. What do you mean? Ten years. From previous investigations, Frank and I knew that Perk Helvey was involved in the narcotics trade. He'd been arrested several times for possession, but so far he'd always managed to escape conviction. At the time of his last arrest, some five months ago, he had been in the company of his wife, Marjorie. When the wife was searched, three ounces of heroin were found on her person. Marjorie Helvey had not been known to us as a pusher or a user. But when her husband was questioned, he denied any knowledge of the dope. His wife was sentenced to a term at the Women's State Prison. 12.08 a.m., Frank and I drove back to the Denson residence. The place was deserted. We went inside to wait for Helvey and Josie Denson. 1.16 a.m., well, if he wouldn't cop out to save his own wife, he's not going to give us anything, you know. Well, that sure is some family. Well, I can't help feeling sorry for the kids, though. Yeah, me too. Wait a minute. Somebody's out in front, though. Yeah. yeah. How do you want to work it? Well, let's split them up. I'll talk to the girl, and you take him in the other room, see what you can get. All right. Can I come in for a sec? Yeah, that's something I remember. Just they're all in bed. Sure hope your old man didn't shoot too many in my camp. Perk. Police officer, you're under arrest. Don't try anything, Ellie. Okay. Hey, what's going on here? Where is everybody? Folks are out. What'd they do? Get themselves pinned? Let me see your purse. Sure. Thing you want, help yourself. Come on, move over here. Uh, Keep your hands out of your pockets and stand still. Okay. It's a good thing I ain't ticklish, huh? All right. All right. Come on, Ellie. Huh? I want to talk to you out in the back. Yeah, sure. What'd you guys do? Draw straws for us? You don't look so sad about it, honey. You won. I'm not so sure of that. I got the smart one, huh? Your mother and father have been arrested. Oh? And it's not going to go easy on them. Who cares? The old man's a bum. Always has been. When I was a little girl, he was a lush. Now he's a hype. I don't notice any change. What about your mother? What about her? She's been trying to hold the family together, hasn't she? Might be better if it fell apart. I'm going to give it straight to you, young lady. Your folks say that the caps we found belong to your friend Perk Helvey. Is that true? I wouldn't know. You'd know if you wanted to. It's going to be their word against his unless you step in. Include me out. Maybe you got a beef against your father. Maybe. Whatever you give me won't help him much. Might make a difference in your mother's case, though. Oh, come on. You don't care any more about my folks than I do. You're after Perk. It was his stuff, wasn't it? I don't know. You better think it over. Why should I? You don't mean anything to him. Isn't what he tells me. He's got a wife, hasn't he? 
The way I hear it, she's out of town. You know who sent her there? Nothing to keep the same thing from happening to you. It won't. You ever seen your mother cry, Josie? Well, I did tonight. She wasn't crying for herself either. It was for you and your kid sisters. You got a choice. Who's it going to be? Your mother or that two-bit pusher in there? Not a very nice way to talk about a friend of mine, is it? Is that your answer? I had a big night. I'm kind of tired. You got nothing on me, so I think I'll just toddle off to bed. You just stay put. Joe. Yeah. I'm not sure you yet stay here. You were through before you ever started. She doesn't care about her mother or anybody else. It'd be easier to crack Elvie, I think. No, it was. What? He copped out. So the stuff is his. He's got some more in his car. What turned the key? I don't know. Maybe he likes this girl. Well, maybe that's why he held back on his wife to get rid of her. When you guys get done comparing notes, I'd like to get a little shut-eye. We're done. Now you're playing it smart. No point in running into a stone wall, is there? Your mind's made up, huh? It's a general idea. You want to pin something on Perk, you'd better look someplace else. We don't have to, and we don't need you either. What? Neither does your mother. For her sake, I'm glad she doesn't. Who are you trying to hand? I'm not handing you anything. Perk gave us what we asked for, more than enough. I don't believe you. Why should he? Well, you better ask him. Don't make any sense. I would have backed him up. Whatever he told you, he knows that. Sure he does. Crazy jerk. Probably thinks he's doing me a favor, helping out my folks. Some joke, huh? Yeah. Who's it on? The story you've just heard is true. The names were changed to protect the innocent. On December 28th, trial was held in Department 98, Superior Court of the State of California, in and for the County of Los Angeles. In a moment, the results of that trial. <laughs> Percy Foster Hilsey entered a plea of guilty and was sentenced for violation of the State Narcotics Act of felony. Porter Slim Denson and Josephine Annabelle Denson were tried and convicted of violation of the State Narcotics Act of felony. Violation of the State Narcotics Act of Felony is punishable by imprisonment for a period of from five years to life. The two young Denson children were placed under 24-hour supervision in a foster home. You have just heard Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the office of Chief of Police, W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department. Technical advisors, Captain Jack Donahoe, Sergeant Marty Wynn, Sergeant Vance Frazier. Heard tonight were Ben Alexander, Virginia Gregg, Jack Crucian, Joyce McCluskey, Herb Ellis. Script by Frank Burt. Music by Walter Schumann. Hal Gibney speaking. Watch an entirely different Dragnet case history each week on your local NBC television station. Please check your newspapers for the day and time. Chesterfield has brought you Dragnet, transcribed from Los Angeles.